Welcome to the Bariatric Bros Podcast. I'm Mike Alley. I am a foodie and a big guy who had bariatric surgery, lost over 140 pounds. I'm no longer a big guy anymore, but I'm still a foodie. We talk about living that bariatric life and eating like men here. And I want to thank you for being a part and hanging out with me today. Uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today. Every piece of it, every little bit of it, my conversation a little bit later with a guy who has been in the weight loss community for many years and is what you could say is a true advocate for weight loss surgery and everything that goes along with it. Kirk Hunt, going to be talking with him later. So I think you're really going to love it. I really connected with uh, Kirk and was just excited to meet him uh, virtually and have this conversation. And I hope that you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, of course, we've got our Bariatric Bow shout out of the week coming up and our new feature, our Chaffle of the Week, too. That's coming up, too, as it's my new obsession. Hey, we are on social media everywhere at Bariatric Bros. So if you're on Instagram or Facebook, go find us there, follow us, and we'll follow you. We'd love to see what's happening in your world. Of course, uh, we've got our website, which is just bariatricbros.com. You'll find all the podcasts there. We hope that you'll share them out. And uh, if you're listening on whatever podcast provider uh, you're in right now. If you'll follow us or like, share, and also review, we'd appreciate that too. Uh, For me this week, I have to tell you uh, kind of a little um, non-surgical victory, a little uh, NSV for me, and that was I needed to get new jeans this week. Yep, I've got a photo shoot coming up for my full-time job. It's not something that happens very often. We're getting some, I guess, some new headshots kind of, and I've been looking forward to it because, well, one, since my last headshot, I've lost 142 pounds, so that is a great motivator to want to look good and get a new headshot. The other piece, though, is my jeans, you know, when you're in transition and losing weight, this, uh, you you don't want to go out and spend a whole lot of money. You don't want to go out and drop, you know, a few hundred dollars on clothes because you're going to just be out of them in a little while. And that's been happening. So I've been kind of limping along with one pair of jeans that uh, I had bunched up. I was on the last hole of the belt. I couldn't do much more. They were actually hurting me on the side because they were so bunched up together. So uh, my wife and I went uh, up. There's a great store uh, nearby where uh, I get uh, my jeans and nothing fancy, but when in there was down two sizes, that felt good. And they feel good being on. As a matter of fact, I, I posted a picture the other day on on the Bariatric Bros Instagram. I was uh, getting dressed. I was putting on this shirt because I was actually going into the office, which we don't do much anymore. But I was putting on this shirt that I love and realized that it was like a tent on me. It was just blow, ballooning out all over me. And so uh, I said, well, maybe I'll tuck it in. I, I haven't tucked a shirt in in years because it's just not what you do as a big guy. You just kind of wear them untucked. And um, I'm thankful that I was kind of in an industry where I didn't have to worry about that. So I tucked it into these new jeans and I looked in the mirror and I just went, holy mackerel, just look at that. I mean, the shirt tucked in actually kind of looked okay. 
But I, I was just blown away, and I'm not the super selfie guy, but I just had to take that mirror shot of how it looked because even for me, it was a moment saying to myself again, this decision to get surgery was one of the best things I've ever done uh, in my life. Not just getting healthy, but just also, honestly, for my self-esteem, not that I dealt with a lot of problems with it, but to be able to look at myself in the mirror and not kind of just go, okay, whatever, and really kind of look at it and go, wow, yeah, that, that kind of looks sharp. That looks okay. Got to tell you, that was, a, that was a big thing. So if you want to see that picture again, just go to the Bariatric Bros uh, Instagram and, uh, or Facebook and you'll, you'll see that, you'll see that shot of, uh, of me in my bathroom mirror with a tucked in shirt and my new jeans. So it was, it was really nice. Hey, it's time for our Bariatric Bros shout out of the week. And this week it is Max. All right. Max from his Instagram, Max losing weight. Love it. Max got uh, bypass in 2017. And got to tell you, he's he's a big uh, gym guy. One of his goals right on his Instagram page is to, to kind of get that body fat down and build that muscle. And you can tell from his shots, that's what he's doing. And of course, as a foodie, I love Max's food pictures. Max posts a lot of great food shots, and so I'm always checking out his shots to kind of see how he's eating. And I love it, too, because you know what? Max being real, he has a picture of there having him a little sweet treat, a little ice cream. And you know what? That is totally cool, because I just had some this weekend, too. So, Max... The shout-out is for you this week. You can go follow Max on Instagram. His handle is going to be in the show notes, and we appreciate it. So if you'd like to nominate somebody for a Bariatric Bro shout-out, you can DM us on any of the socials, or you can just shoot us a note. Yep, it's real simple, bariatricbros at gmail.com. Give us their Facebook or Instagram handles so that we know how to look them up and find them and grab a picture so we can uh, we can promote that as well. But we'd love to shout out maybe someone you know who deserves a Bariatric Bros shout out of the week. And now on to one of my favorite new features. We started it in the last podcast. It is our Chaffle of the Week. I should probably get some kind of effect with some echo or something. I mean, I'm a radio guy I should figure out a way to do that. Anyway, uh, I have been obsessed with chaffles, the the cheese waffles, lots of great protein, low carb, and the little mini dash maker doing them. I I just love them. And so uh, last podcast, we introduced our chaffle of the week maker. His name is Steve I the Chaffle Guy, and you can find him at Steve I the Chaffle Guy on Facebook and Instagram. But he is making us an exclusive chaffle for each podcast episode, and we're putting it up on our Instagram and Facebook pages with the recipes there. You can also find the recipes and links in our show notes. But this week's chaffle of the week Mm, is a breakfast favorite of mine. It is the Everything Bagel Chaffle. Yes, so how can you get that Everything Bagel taste, but get it in a way that's packing in more protein and a whole lot less carbs than one of those giant bagels? Well, you do it in a chaffle. That's how. So if you want to check out a great picture of the Everything Bagel Chaffle from Steve I, the Chaffle Guy, 
check out our Instagram or our Facebook page the day this podcast drops, and you'll find the recipes there. And again, the recipes in our show notes as well. So thank you, Steve. I, the Chaffle Guy, can't wait for our next one. Well, as I told you at the start of the podcast this time that I was really excited about my conversation uh, with Kirk Hunt. And I have to tell you, there are very few people that I've talked to in the bariatric community that have been as active as long as Kirk has. He is coming up on almost eight years since he had his procedure. He got his procedure at the beginning of 2013. So it has been uh, seven and a half years, I guess, at this point, coming up on eight. And he has been active that entire time in the community. He's the administrator of some of the bariatric support groups on Facebook. He is a speaker at weight loss conventions talking about what this procedure has meant to him and advocating for it to be more available for more people and also for keeping great mental health. And that seems to be something we've been talking a lot about here on the podcast, about keeping the mental part of this together as you're moving through the process. Our conversation just was so free-flowing and was so packed with great stuff that this is part one of my conversation with Kirk because we went so long and there really wasn't uh, anything that I could say I didn't want you to hear. There's so much good stuff that uh, Kirk and I talk about during this episode, and then we're going to have the second half of it in the next podcast because, like I said, there was just so many great gems, and whether you're pre-op, whether you've just had the procedure, whether you've been like me a couple of years out, or whether you've done it many years out like Kirk, there's just some great gems in our conversation. We started talking about um, going all the way back. So, Kirk was one of the first people that jumped on YouTube to make videos talking about this. And that was even before he had the surgery. He actually did a pre-op video, which you can find. We'll link it in the show notes to his uh, YouTube page so you can find it. I just started out asking him that now, after all this time, if he ever gets tired of talking about weight loss and his surgery. No, never. And that's why I'm so deeply entrenched in the weight loss community still when so many other folks that have that are as far out as I am um, aren't. So I never get talk, tired of talking about it. And one of the um, the main things or one of the whole main reasons why I went, did the YouTube video to begin with or whatever was because in my own process back then or my own research back then, there were no guys posting any videos about weight loss surgery. In fact, back then, it was still pretty much a taboo, even verbal subject. People, guys were, wouldn't talk about weight loss surgery, or they wouldn't talk about it if they've had it, or they wouldn't talk about it if they were even considering it because it was considered weak or unmanly or, you know, you're a failure because you couldn't just go to the gym, bro. You know, it was kind of, so guys just didn't talk about weight issues or weight loss surgery with each other. So I had like very few, if none, nobody else to relate to um, when I was going through my, my process of just trying to figure out what I was going to do and what I wanted to do. So even though I, it wasn't my thing back then, um, I said, I'm just going to record this. And even if when I started my YouTube, 
I said, even if it's just for me to look back on someday and I just make them all private, then I'll just do that as well. But I really felt like there was a need to have somebody in the male weight loss surgery community being open and willing to talk about it, even if just a total stranger on the other end of YouTube um, had a chance to to, uh, to see it and see that it was okay to talk about it. And it was okay to, you know, <laughs> go through with it if that's what they wanted to do. When you were talking in your very first YouTube video, right before you're having the surgery, you were talking about your uh, way that you were eating and, and that you weren't really an emotional eater, um, but you weren't really a sweets guy. It was all carbs. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, Kirk and I would get along well because we, it was like, that's exactly <laughs> me. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't mind a dessert and a thing, but that wasn't my, my pig out. My thing was like, uh, yeah. you know, if I'm, if I'm going to have, you know, if, if two slices of this pizza are delicious, then eight slices so of this pizza, pizza are going to be amazing. <laughs> was yeah. that something that yeah, you, yeah. I mean, was that kind of that same thing that you were dealing with at that point? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I could eat quite a bit just in one setting. Um, and then I would think what I may have been, if I started to feel full, that just meant it was time to slow down, but not necessarily stop. Mm. And then, you know, finally, when I did feel full, full, that if there was any pizza left over, it still sat out because I was still going to go back to it about an hour later or right before bed. You mentioned um, dealing with some depression because of the weight that you had and the things that you couldn't do, which also, let me tell you, man, so connected when you were talking about, you know, uh, going to an amusement park or some kind of adventure thing and not even, I'm not even getting that line because I'm not going to be able to get on that ride. I'm not going to be able to do exactly. that. I don't want that embarrassment. Mm -hmm. I, I hate that. And, and that was, that was me. You know, I was a, I'm a happy guy. I'm a very optimistic guy and, and that was fine. But, Man, that was the last thing I wanted was to have that kind of embarrassment. What is was that depression just linked to those things? Did that change after your surgery, or is that something that you know you've discovered is still something that you have to deal with? No, I, I would say a majority of the the depression that I had suffered for, suffered for decades was definitely directly related to my weight. And it would just manifest itself um, first thing in the morning. You know, I'd wake up and the very first thing I thought of was how miserable I was going to be in my clothes all day and how uncomfortable I was going to be in my clothes all day. Um, and then, you know, kind of, I mean, that, but that's how early in the day it would actually start. It would be the first thing I would think about when I'd wake up in the morning. And then throughout the day, you know, I was, I've had several jobs over the years, but the one that I, the job that I had while, um, considering weight loss surgery was a pretty high pressure, high stress, um, uh, extremely financially lucrative position working in healthcare IT recruitment. And um, I was, you know, getting into uh, walking into an office every morning in downtown Seattle with people 10, 20, 30 years younger than I am making six figures and they're all perfect. <laughs> and then here I kind of just come, I felt like there should have been some music behind me or something happening as I kind of got off the elevator and I'm trying to keep my pants pulled up because even though I have a belt on, I'm so loose and, or, you know, so squishy and jiggly, my pants can never stay up. And, 
you know, it just so I would be thinking about it then, and then it would be time to have lunch, you know. And so, of course, then again, I was thinking about what should I eat, what shouldn't I eat, what is everybody else eating, being uncomfortable in the chair, um, then even getting like big and tall, tall chairs to accommodate my size was still, you know, on my mind. If I had to go into the conference room, I was the only person who had to bring my own chair into the conference room because I had gone into the conference room previously and sat on these cheaper, um, less sturdy chairs with really cheap wheels and had snapped a few a couple times, mm. you know? So yeah. I just had these constant reminders throughout the entire day um, of my weight. And then once the day was finally over, it was kind of like a big sigh of relief. And my big reward to myself typically was going to go drive through someplace or go, go get some fast food. And of course I had to have fast food to eat on the way home before I even got home for my like real part of the meal, but I needed something to eat on the way as well. Yep. You know, and then my day would end with me feeling guilty and really shitty about myself. So, so here we go, full cycle, right? My the end of my day was going to bed feeling guilty, ashamed, usually in pain, um, and then just to wake up in the morning already feeling an overwhelming sense of dread and anxiety about facing the world. And once I started my weight loss surgery journey and had the actual surgery, it's never been the same since. I've never not once had that feeling post weight loss surgery, because when I went into my weight loss surgery, I think, you know, I was ready. Um, I think I've listened to a few of your podcasts and you've mentioned how, you know, you've tried everything or you've started things and kind of had a reputation, especially with your wife and as well with my significant other of starting these grand plans to get healthy and lose weight and everything. And then once I had even slightly the, a little bit of success, um, I would kind of fall off track pretty, pretty significantly. And so for me, when I finally just dis- dis- determined to flip the switch on the weight loss surgery, I mean, I really flipped that switch. It was kind of, it just felt right. Um, it was going to kind of strap me a little bit financially. But when I kind of did the math about what I was spending on big and tall clothing, what I was spending on all of these, you know, massive fast food and restaurant runs, what I was starting to spend on more and more medications that I was needing to take. I wasn't one of those people that had a ton of comorbidities with my um, obesity, Um, but I was slowly starting to creep up to where I was almost starting to need inhalers. And I was having to take more and more different types of psychological medications because my mood and my depression and my anxiety were just off the charts. So when I started doing the math and saying, well, look, if I'm not going to be eating 50 to $60 a day worth of food and I don't have to spend a hundred dollars on an undershirt and I don't have to spend, you know, $200 a month on, on a medication. When I looked at the surgery and uh, luckily I was able to finance it back then, the, the, the monthly payment for the surgery was far less than, than everything I was spending to stay obese. So once I made that switch, though, um, I, I made a commitment to myself that all of those feelings of shame, all of those feelings of guilt, all of those um, things about myself that were so black and white in terms of good, bad, happy, sad, whatever, was all going into the uh, recycling bin or the um, biohazard bin with my stomach during surgery. So I mentally envisioned my guilt my anxiety, my depression, my shame, my uh, lack of um, confidence, my everything um, going into that biohazard bag. Um, 
the the person who was willing to settle for crumbs, you can fill in the blanks, whether that means personal or professionally, that person was going into the, the, the biohazard bin. I was never, ever, ever going to be that person again. And having that mindset going into weight loss surgery and just having that mental picture to draw back on on rough days or tough days or when I catch myself saying, oh, I ate something good or I ate something bad, it's like, no, food is not good or bad. Food is just food. Um, I had to really kind of get my head around that and really kind of actively practice that kind of replacing those terms in my life with things that were a little bit more positive and a little bit more realistic um, and also were, was an extremely effective tool in getting me, keeping me from backsliding into bad habits. And uh, my goal really was never going to be a number on a scale. So when people would ask me initially, for, you know, when I was fresh out of surgery or when I told people I was having weight loss surgery, you know, like, well, how much do you want to weigh or what's your goal? You know, and I quite honestly said, you know what, I never discussed a, discussed a goal with my um, my physician or my surgeon because for me, it wasn't going to be a number on a scale that wasn't going to determine my success. My success was going to just be determined in sustained weight loss. And so for me, that was any number because at the rate I was going, I was gaining weight every single year. I could lose 50 or 60 pounds doing low carb or keto or Atkins and then gain 100. You know, so I was always losing and going up. And every time I'd go back up, I was always higher and higher and higher. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to get the weight loss surgery. I'm going to change my attitude towards food and all those things. And I'm going to use this tool as, an, as a physical barrier that requires that I press pause emotionally and physically on my relationship with food. That just really, you know, seemed to work and really kind of kept me, kept me in that mindset. So my, my goal was to sustain any weight loss for a period of five years. If I could go, if I could go into surgery and five years later weigh less than I did, even if it was just five pounds, for me, that was going to be my goal. And luckily, I, I'm one of the, I don't want to say lucky because that makes it sound like, you know, there was a roll of the dice and, you know, I just happened to get, you know, keep my weight off by accident. No, I mean, it's work. It takes work every day. It's hard, obviously. But guess what? On the, the suckiest, crappiest, hardest day where I feel like I'm working really hard just to kind of stay afloat, I'll take one of the, my hardest days or my crappiest days now over one of my best days when I was 400 pounds. There's no comparison. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm with you 100%. I never, there was a, not a number on the scale. When I went for my year post-op back in June, uh, and she said, oh, you're right on track. You know, you're 62% of your excess weight. And she goes, how do you feel? I said, I feel great. Because at that point, I was down, you know, 135 pounds or something. And I, I, I'm great. Mm -hmm. I, it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe I was here. I haven't been here, and right. I can't even tell you when, I, when the last time I was this weight. She's like, well, that's great. She goes, do you know where you want to get to? And I said, i be totally honest. If I stayed right here for the rest of my life, I'm thrilled because of what I've been able to do and walk and move and wake up with no pain and all of those great benefits. But, but, you know, what do you think I could lose? <laughs> you know, like you're the expert. What do you think? <laughs> your, your professional and, opinion. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and she gave me a number. She was like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, at your two year mark, you could bottom out another 40 or 50 pounds, which honestly kind of blows my mind. Cause even being where right. I am now, 
is amazing to me, much less being another 40 or 50 pounds down. I'm not stressing if that number, you know, isn't, oh my gosh, I didn't drop a pound this week, or I went up half yes. a pound this week. I'm not freaking out about that. Um, right. I'm looking at it as I feel like 100% blessed to be right here. I want to stay on track and keep moving and doing the things that I'm doing. That's me now. You, at seven years down, you mentioned it being tough. How difficult has it been beyond the you know, whatever honeymoon period of the first couple of years to keep on track. I mean, are you tracking, you know, are you like a hardcore, I'm tracking every day my food or whatever, or you just kind of know what you can do now and how your body reacts to what you're eating? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a hardcore tracker. I'm not a hardcore numbers person. I'm not a hardcore uh, stats or macros or any of that stuff, the minute anything starts to get kind of difficult or hard in terms of just existing, in terms of eating or whatever, that's instantly makes me no longer interested in any of it. It, it. For me, the simpler it is, the more compliant I will be. So, and what I mean by that is when people ask me, oh, so what do you eat on an average day? Or, you know, do you track your food or are, are you doing like keto or Atkins or do you low carb or uh, do you, um, what's the other one that's fun or popular? Oh, paleo. Now, intermittent fasting. Oh, intermittent, intermittent fasting. Yeah. Fasting. Yeah. That's popular. Um, all of those things are, are like, absolutely not my, my personal kind of the way I make my, my decisions when it comes to food boils down to three steps, <laughs> protein first, and then produce. If there's room for something else after I've gotten my fill on those two things, then I'll have some, uh, you know, something that's a little carby or not. When I was in the losing stage, I really tried to avoid anything that was carby, um, just because that could be a slippery slope for somebody who loves carbs like me. Right. Um, but I found by doing just sticking to protein and produce, by the time I got done with the protein and produce, there really wasn't even any room or any desire for any of the carbs. And I, I had access to them. I mean, I, I do all the cooking for us here at home, and my partner doesn't have any type of dietary uh, restrictions. If anything, it, he's the complete opposite. So, you know, it's – I you know, but I stuck to it because, I mean, that's what I wanted. And then after a while, it didn't take very long. After a while, um, those are actually the foods that I would crave. You mm -hmm. know, those were the things like, you know, that my body or what I actually – Loved. The minute I started cutting out like all the fast food and processed food and pre-made food, just kind of cooking for myself with the whole, um, you know, concept of just protein first, produce next, um, my palate changed. And I was learned how to appreciate fresher food, more wholesome food, less salty food, because I was controlling pretty much everything that went in. Now, that doesn't mean I was putting... I didn't, I don't get into the whole Frankenstein or I call it Franken food stuff where, okay. you know, I'm going to make, you know, a pizza crust out of this, you know, rando xanthan gum and, you know, coconut powder. Like right. those aren't, yeah. that's just not my jam at all. Yeah. If I'm going to have a piece of pizza, if I crave pizza, I'll have a piece of pizza. The great thing about the sleeve is, you know, a majority of the time, one piece of the pizza and I'm, I'm. I'm beyond full, you know, and then I don't feel so hot. And then I kind of learned the next time I'm probably just going to eat the toppings, not out of, because of, de out of deprivation, 
But just as I started eating cleaner and more wholesome and fresh food, that's actually what I preferred, not just from a health standpoint, but just from a taste and total experience um, kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't mind, like, if if somebody's got an option for, you know, if I'm uh, at a joint and they've got a cauliflower crust, I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. If it's easy and you can make it, for, right. great. I'm fine with that. I'm good. Yes. I don't mind it. But, yes. I, you know, I'm not performing, uh, I'm not performing, I love that you call it Frankenstein. You know, I'm not performing, uh, serious, uh, you know, chemical surgery here to create, um, you know, a pizza crust at home or something like that. Yeah. I will, yeah, yeah. I, I do cook, I'm the same, I cook, I will, you know, and, and I don't follow any predefined plan. And as I'd like to say on here, I understand some people, they need to track everything. They need all the numbers and they need to go that way. And it's like, you got to do you and what works for you. Um, I will say one of the benefits of being on Atkins and all those things I've been on over those years was I learned something from every one of them. So, oh, exactly. Yeah, I have such a great knowledge already of okay, that's that many, that's that much protein already. That's that much that I kind of in my head can kind of go, yeah, I'm doing what I need to do um, through my day. Um, and like you said, that also includes, hey, uh, you know, we're somewhere, we're at a party for somebody, and they're, you know, they order pizza. Okay, I'm gonna have a slice of pizza. You know, it's fine. It's yeah. not crashing my world. Um, I'm gonna right. make sure that I've got my protein, you know, for the day and do what I need to do. And um, I'm not, I I was hardcore tracking at the beginning because to make sure, I I didn't know what 90 or 100 grams of protein looked like because I'd never focused on getting that in my body at that, you know, at that point. So I really did it until I was like, okay, this is what it is. This is what it takes. This is how much I need. Exactly. I was going to say that um, I, I'm all for tracking, especially for people in their first year to um, 18 months, for sure, because you're right. You know, we we think we kind of know in our heads like what it all adds up to. But then sometimes people are really shocked by how little they're eating or sometimes like they think they're not eating very much. And then once you start tracking it, it's like, oh, whoa, you know, so I think tracking actually is awesome um, for people, especially folks that are in their losing uh, stage of of weight loss. So there's definitely a, a different set of rules, um, uh, you know, that I think that are, are helpful for folks depending on their various stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't want to give anybody the impression that I'm anti-scale, anti-numbers, anti-any of those things. Those are all kind of helpful tools, especially when you're in the, um, you're right. in, the it, you know, in the process of losing. Where I start to caution people, um, especially, you know, in, in all of the um, various groups, uh, is that once though that tracking kind of overtakes your your happiness, once that starts overtaking your ability to to find joy and happiness in things that don't involve numbers and scales and micros and macros, um, that's when it's it can be problematic, and that's when people kind of then slide into the all or nothing thing. That if if they can't be perfect with all of these things, then they're just gonna be a failure you know, and find a way to eat around their, their weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so that they can realize their biggest fear for most people going into weight loss surgery is, am I going to be the only person this doesn't work for my, or am I going to do this and then gain all my weight back? Like my aunt Cindy or, you know, or Sally from the office or, you know, whoever. Um, but yeah, the minute that the scale 
determines your mood for the rest of the day, that's when you know you 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 still have some internal work that you need to work on. Because what's going to eventually happen to folks, and this is why I tell people, I'm like, I'm not I'm not criticizing you for for stepping on the scale every day, or even for some newbies every hour, every bowel movement, every shower, every <laughs> yes, sip of water. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm not I'm not bagging people or um, you know criticizing people for that. But what happens is, let's say you are successful. Let's say you did everything perfect and you hit that goal weight. And now, holy crap, not only did you hit your goal, but now you're even like 20 or 30 or 40 pounds under your goal. What's going to happen, though, when that scale stops moving? What's going to be your motivation then at that point? If all of your motivation and whether you determined your success or your failure or your happiness or your sadness or your good day or your bad day, was all defined by stepping on the scale and you needed that motivation of that scale going down to keep you on track because you love seeing that number go down, 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 down. You loved posting, you know, the picture of your, your toes on the scale going down, down, down. (laughs) But what happens when you're successful and that scale isn't, isn't moving? I try to tell people, or I try to encourage folks that in the beginning of the journey, while you are doing all of these things also, be cognizant of identifying non-scale victories. Be cognizant of identifying things that motivate you that aren't related to a number on a scale. So find those things. Hey, you got on an airplane and you didn't have to ask for an extender in front of everyone and the, the flight attendant had to walk down saying, here's your extender, Mr. Hunt. You know, does it, will it work? You do love the you do love those flight attendants though that do that kind of underhand and bring it and just kind of drop it in your lap and you go thank you very much. Well, you know I'm not going to lie. I mean I'm a pretty honest person and believe in karma and I was raised you know fundamental Baptist Mm -hmm. whatever. So I was born with a lot of fire hell damnation. You know you don't steal you don't do these things. I I will never forget the day where I I, the only thing I've ever stolen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. was a seatbelt extender on a flight because I was flying a lot at the time anyways. Just so you could have um, it? Just so I never had to ask for another one. I be love that. Because sometimes, never, they, sometimes they didn't even have enough of them on the plane, right? Because as Americans, right. we're getting larger and larger and larger, where they actually had to delay a flight to, so they could get another extender or have another extender ran to the plane so that I could fasten my seatbelt. I had to wait one time while they did the safety thing. Because that's the only oh, extra gosh. one they had was the safety thing. Mm-hmm. And when they got done the safety thing, then she walked it over to me. And I was like, thank you. You know, and he- find those things like getting on an airplane and not not having everybody look at you with, and divert their eyes. Their, with, you know what they're thinking? Oh, please, no. God, don't let this guy be sitting next to me. Oh, God, please don't let this guy be sitting next to me. Yep. Um, so find find your rewards, your non-scale victories and things like riding planes or going to amusement parks with your friends and family or waking up in the morning and not even knowing that everything in your closet is going to fit and or might even be too loose. I mean, those are the types of non-scale victories where you catch yourself in a reflection, maybe in a mirror and you don't even or in a, a, a reflection in a window as you're walking by a storefront and you don't even realize it's you or you see your shadow even and your shadow even looks smaller. And you're like, wait a minute, that can't be me, you know, or the fact that you get you go take pictures with your friends and family now and you don't strategically place yourself behind everyone or in front of the rock or the sign or whatever or you're you know or for when you're sitting you're making sure that you know your shirt isn't 
you know, tucked into one of your creases or one of your rolls. I mean, the fact that you can just take pictures and not even have to think about your position, if anything, now I'm in the front of the picture, front and center. And most of the time I'm as naked as I can possibly be. So it's a complete <laughs> opposite thing. So I'm like, find, find your non-scale victories, not on a scale or not in the number of calories that you ate in a day or the number of grams of fat you consumed, or if you went over a little bit in your, you know, whatever, it's like, you need to find ways of keeping yourself motivated when the scale stops to move. I, I, I took myself just for a day down to the beach and sat on the beach shirtless for the first time in forever. Now, look, it ain't pretty with the loose skin happening, you know, and all of that. But it was just, you know what? I'm doing this for me. And I'm going to sit out here and soak up and, you know, I, of course I burned my chest crazy, but you know, it was still <laughs> something I wanted to do, you know, for me. And I just sure. said, I've, I've, I'm getting over this, you know, I'm not toned up and buff or anything like that, but I just went, you know what? Um, well, and you know, either most people, 90% of the, the, the U S are not also toned and buff. Those are the right. our own limits yeah. and our own limits and our own rules that we place on ourselves. And look, you did it. Did you die? No. You know, did, did a circle of people come around you and start laughing at you and pointing at you and taking videos of you? No. I mean, there's so much that we thought was happening in our minds. I mean, some of it did. Don't get me wrong. There were oh, sure. obviously times and places where, you know, where people wouldn't help you in a grocery or in a you know clothing store, or, you know, where you were literally were being dissed for being, your size or whatever. But for the most part, a lot of that dialogue or a lot of those things are just going on in, in our, our own heads. And once you've done it a few times and you realize, Hey, I, I didn't die. I actually enjoyed it. And you'll, you'll go a little bit farther each time. And those are the, those are the types of things that you have to acknowledge and appreciate as a, uh, as a non-scale victory. What did I tell you? That was an amazing conversation, and that's just part one with Kirk Hunt. I want to thank Kirk for his time, uh, spending some time with me talking about these important issues and the things that face all of us as guys going through this process. He's just so knowledgeable, so much wisdom, no matter where you are in the process. And on the next podcast, we'll have the rest of my conversation with Kirk. So you're going to want to follow and like and uh, save this on whatever podcast provider you listen to. Because next time the conversation gets even deeper and we even get into some more real life stuff that guys are going through in this process. So that's going to be it for this time. Hey, I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. Uh, you know what? What you can do to help is to follow or like or maybe even review if your podcast uh, does that, if your podcast provider does that. So like if you're on Apple Podcast, if you're listening, would you give us a quick review? I sure would appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. It really does. If you're on Stitcher or Spotify, just go ahead and hit the like button or the follow button so that you can be notified the next time that our episode drops and you will have it right there ready to listen to. And don't forget to check us out. We're on all the socials at Bariatric Bros. 
You can send us an email, bariatricbros at gmail.com. You can even text us. Our phone number's right in the show notes. We would love to hear from you in the upcoming weeks. I'm Mike Alley. Thank you for being part of the Bariatric Bros podcast this week. You keep living that bariatric life and eating like men.